G'day, I'm Nick Erner. I'm the Managing Director of Alcane Resources. ASX ALK is our ticker. We're listed um, clearly in Australia, but we're gold miners in New South Wales, where we have produce about 70,000 ounce a year. It's called Tommingley Goldmine. We have a large exploration project with nearly 15 million ounce equivalent, which we call Boda and Kaiser. And we're here together in Denver at the gold conference. We are. We're going to talk gold. You've been talking gold all week, I suspect. I have, yes. That's right. right. Um, and we're going to be kind of short and sharp and kind of get a little um, insight from you as to what you're doing here. I mean, yep. what have you come here to do? You've traveled halfway around the world. Better be good, right? Yeah. Well, th the main reason to come to a conference like this is to meet fund managers in particular, particularly North American, mm. who won't know about Alcane. And so, you know, I try to meet fund managers, particularly a lot of head fund managers as well, who are trying to play in that small to medium mid cap space. So we're, we're about 400 million Australian market cap at the moment. So meeting fund managers like that who can add to your portfolio or watch what you're doing so they can at least be they're ready to trigger an investment if something happens. Right, it kind of feels like the North Americans slightly jealous of what's been going on in Australia the past couple of years, gold, gold price. What, you've been society wise or just all reasons? <laughs> well, let's stick with gold mining initially. Yeah, uh, it's a great place to, it's a great place to yeah. be. My whole family's over there, actually. Um, but they, they're looking to what has been happening, certainly in terms yeah. of the way that the, the share price has been reacting with a lot of the gold prices, but yeah. even the Aussies are not immune. It's got to come off a bit recently, hasn't it? Yeah, a lot of Australian golds come off. I mean, we had our peaks across nearly every company about two years ago, uh, to be honest. And yeah, there's a fair bit of sentiment both around gold and a lot of money. If you think of people in a sub-billion market cap, a lot of people invest in that with the risk end of their portfolios. Mm. And so when they see, okay, we've got these results in gold, but now I'm thinking, oh, lithium's doing this or rare earths are doing that. And they take money out of that and put it into reallocate right. as part of their portfolio so you do see a bit of that occurring as well you're not rushing off to lithium i hope no we're not good good bad hold hold, hold steady yeah um right let, let's talk let's talk about the the market more broadly and the, yeah. the way that companies have changed either their strategy their direction their allocation of capital you know because at the end of the day it's about being able to tell a growth story it's about the return on capital invested yeah. you know have you had to adapt after two pretty tough years in, in the gold market to, to be honest not really because a lot of our strategy was set um almost taking this sort of period into account so we are fundamentally an exploration company that is also very good at producing mm. and so we've got a whole series of discoveries behind us in our track record and we've you know, made other companies out of them and all that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the ways we've created value for shareholders. But then if you think of an exploration project, a lot of people discover it and then say, oh, I'm going to, this is great. I'm going to wait for someone to buy me. Yeah. Right. We, it's absolutely not us. We say, well, how would we develop this? How would we de-risk it? And then we proceed down that pathway. And if someone else wants to give you a superior proposal, mm. then we absolutely go for it. And this sort of M&A phase, we started to try and move into that in 2018 with some strategic purchases. Um, and so, yeah, in terms, and we really looked at our capital allocation and riding through this period of, you know, markets being closed and we have quite a large cash reserve and we've yeah. already got debt lined up for our ex expansion project. So we haven't really been forced to adjust because we thought through that this may be the situation we find ourselves in. Right. Okay. And obviously you've been the beneficiary of spin-outs with the rest. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, a lot of lot of money. Everyone did well out of that. Yeah. Okay, but in terms of going forward, right? We're, we're, what's the production level at the moment? Well, last year we did seventy thousand ounces. Right. Okay, and the margin is quite good. You're setting it around sort of, um, in, well, in US dollar terms, you know, sort of just under eight fifty, which is pretty darn good. Pretty it's good, certainly yeah. in this market at, yeah. at the moment. But forecasting next year to be a little bit more. Yeah, than to that. be to be higher. So what in Australian that? dollar terms, we were. 1600 and so this year we're, we're we've given guidance to 1750 to 2100 so you divide yeah. that back by 0.65 two-thirds of that so about 1125 yeah for, the for, for us yeah yeah and so one of the main reasons for that is particularly power prices in new south wales so a lot of the fundamental prices have shifted in australia which yeah. has been a, australia's been a really interesting period of time as it's come out of the COVID with the inflation that's occurring so we've seen power prices rise particularly in the east coast we've seen of course fuel prices rise as it has globally We've seen steel prices rise in terms of consumables for drill rods and mesh and stuff like that. And we've also um, seen a lot of reagents costs rise yeah. uh, you know, globally. And so I think most Australian producers over the last three years have probably found their costs rise by 30% over that period. Yeah. And is this the new economic reality for gold? Oh, it's the new economic right. reality, yeah. Right. So that's the new baseline. It's the new cost base, yes. Right, so I think because obviously people say, oh, we're aiming for under 1,000. So, sorry, outside of, of course, higher grade Discoveries, yeah, right. But but I'm I'm, I'm talking about the kind of cost baseline yes. rather than the the, the margin. Yes, I don't. Well. I don't think anyone in Australia sees any of those components in, right. and labour as well retreating in price. Right. And your what, what's the ratio between copper gold with you guys? Well, so in our existing production, uh, all gold. Right. In our exploration project, yeah, the Boda Kaiser. That's about. 50-50 in contained value okay. between gold and copper. Right, yeah. okay, so that's kind of going into quite a nice green thematic, obviously. It is, yeah. yeah. And obviously you want to take advantage of that in terms of people's perception of you yeah. as, a, as a company going forward. How's that affecting conversations in there? To be honest, not really, right? right? So inside gold, there's sort of two groups of people tend to want to meet with um, Alcane. E. One group wants to talk, what's your production? What are your costs? What's the margin? How does this fit? And their funds generally looking at um, having production ounces and, and talking to that within their portfolio as, as sort of a gold play. The other group talk generally around exploration and upside. So, so they're saying, right. if we invest in you, would that be early enough to see you know, this large system re-rate, mm -hmm. either on the back of gold or copper? Yeah. But they're really more trying to understand. They are, they're already aware of that copper right. thematic. Yeah. They're trying to understand, okay, how might this fit in and when might the market perceive that this contains more value? Right, and are you seeing in terms of the rules for gold and yeah. I guess imminently copper as well? Have you seen that sort of change and evolve a bit? Because it used to be catalyst moments would be quite easy to identify yeah. coming down the road, right? Now, big shrug of the shoulders. It's like, so what? Oh, I think if we if we look, you know, I'm obviously most familiar with the Australian yeah, thematic. I think a lot of people have been looking for value now they're looking at M&A within right. Australia and they're saying, when is your company going to grow? Yeah. When's it going to uh, maybe merge with someone, be yeah. taken over? When's it going to hit different indexes that force automatic re-ratings, yeah. which, which are a one-off thing, yeah. but yeah. important. And so that's dominated a lot of thematic. Smaller companies like ours tended to not be as much of a part of that thematic. Right. Um, okay. So yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. You know, in in the general, more shorter term nature of investing, you know, that a lot of people have, it it's unsurprising that we find that they're looking for those sort of catalysts. Right, right. and they're very difficult to predict. 
they, they're very, very difficult to predict. Yeah. It's your job to do something to drive that share oh, totally. price. Yeah. You, what, what are the tools you put available to you in this new kind of paradigm we're in? Well, number one, profitable production has to underpin everything that it because it doesn't matter how much spin or gloss or excitement comes from other things, which can be truly value creating. If you're not producing cash flow at a really good margin, then you're 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 in trouble, right? And so are you? Oh yeah, of course we. Are. Yeah, yeah. So um, you know, yeah, we've made a fifty million dollar profit at corporate level the last couple right, of years. Yeah, and we make about seventy million bucks at the site level so it gives you options it gives you options yeah so and of course we're putting our cash into extending the mine life of tommingly and also into exploration but so number one that's what you need to do uh number two for us it's realizing the value of your exploration so we're in a bit of a market where there's a bit of a calm winds you know dead calm on exploration and near-term development and the market capital market's nearly closed to a lot of people in that space we're not in that market but so a lot of people are saying to us, how are you going to release value from Boda and Kaiser, right? Yeah. So you've got 15 million ounce equivalent. Maybe it's going to be 20 by the end of the year, right? right? Once we put out the updated draw results and we'll have moved it to indicate, we'll do a PA. Well, well what are you going to do, right? How, when, when, how, what are you going to do? So, of course, we're doing all the normal things that you would think we'd do. Looking at, you know, are there parties that want to come and take a minority but silent stake in that project? Yeah. Are there JV partners who would progress it and then, you know, Either we're a silent partner or we're equal operating partners going forwards, um, all the way through to, you know, would the company be better off um, split in two again because this one has a copper thematic, this one has a pure gold thematic, as well as, of course, pursuing our own M&A opportunities to try and really diversify uh, our production base. Right, and so that, that's interesting to me because, yeah. I mean, obviously, copper and gold usually go hand in hand. And I well, think yeah. most gold companies so are looking deposits, for yeah. copper projects at the yeah. moment. So maybe that answers that question. I don't know. It's up to you, yeah. you guys to say. But you, you, what you want to avoid, I suspect, is falling into the kind of big big company mentality of, we'll make some money and we'll plow it straight back in the ground. We'll make some money and plow it back in the ground. And they're actually kind of saying, well, here's dividends for shareholders. Here's real growth. So it comes back yeah. to that allocation. Of, you know, so return a couple investors story yeah. where you can prove that this money will deliver scale because seventy thousand ounces is good, but it's not quite oh, it's not, that magical hundred thousand number, is it? Well, it's not. It's not a. Uh, it's not a. It's not an amount that leads to a market cap that attracts you into indexes or on people's yeah. radar, yeah. which is true. And and nor is it an amount where you're like super leveraged the gold price, right? So, one, it's it's profitable, yeah. but you're right. It's not a, a whole catalyst amount from people's perspective. I think. One of the one of the key things that um, you know people miss in that is majors. You, you go into majors because you want a dividend. You want a particular yield that gets set, and often they move in accordance with yields as well as broader commodity prices. You invest in smaller companies because you, you're taking risk. Mm. And what my job is is to clearly articulate what risk we're taking on shareholders' yeah. behalf. Yeah. And in our particular case, we take our cash and we put it into the ground and we have a very good track record of finding discoveries and then generating value Yeah, not that. so shabby on that front. Yeah, we're very... most people struggle to make discoveries. Yeah, yeah discoveries at all. Right? We've got a long track record yeah. of discoveries. Um, yeah. But yes, and then the view to that is to appreciate share price. Yeah. We won't be into a dividend paying position probably until 2026 when we finish the scale of... Right, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it is that scale that I guess people are looking forward to. But if you can tell that story now about yeah. where the scale's coming from, dividend company 
maybe, but sometimes some people like you to put it back in the ground and make more discoveries. But yeah, we'll in, see how in, you play it, right? Yeah, in general, that's our that's our shareholders because that's traditionally what we've done. Right. Yeah. Okay. Right. And so, um, what would you say to shareholders now? Perhaps you know we've been sitting on this for a while, saying, "Give us, give us time to kind of get the exploration oh. through the phases." Absolutely. You know, a, a catalyst point that people should be looking for is we've got Boda's resource being upgraded this quarter we're in. Yeah, because yeah. we're in September, September, October. No, next quarter, October, November, yeah. December. Yeah. yeah, in the next quarter. And then we have Kaiser's resource coming out in quarter one calendar next year. Mm-hmm. And behind the scenes, we're doing a preliminary economic assessment right. of that, which we'll put out. Then people can look at that and say, ah, oh, you know, the Alcane team has done a good job of that. Yeah. Right? Or, or not. And there's a prescribed value around so I think it would be sensible for people to look at that yeah. um, and take their own view. Like, So a retail shareholder who's not familiar geologically, then it would be sensible to wait and understand that. Right. Um, a geological shareholder, uh, potentially they may get really excited just by reviewing that data anyway and think I'm mm. going to get in before other people you know, recognize that value. Yeah. That's a good point, actually. If I, and if I look at your share register, it is very heavily still heavily skewed towards retail. It, it's kind of like you started so to go, retail, yeah. Yeah, you started going through the phase of getting the institutional guys and gals yeah. in there, and obviously the indices too. Um, but it hasn't just I don't, made that step change, as it were. Is that something that you're looking to do when it comes to places like this? Well, I, th- I think there's there's different there's different factors. Yes, yes, it would be good to have institutional shells because that means if something does happen and you want to have capital, then you need you know you need institutions to to to, to carry that weight. We our chairman, uh, Mr. Gandal, is just under 20% of the register. Yeah. It's been a very supportive shareholder, long mining pedigree. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we, so you know, he runs his whole family office for that. For that, but then other funds are typically maybe 20 to 25% makes that up. The thing is, a lot of funds um, only come into your share if you issue new capital, right? And, we, we're not in a habit of doing that, so we're not crazy attractive. Another something that's, that's the <laughs> trick here, yeah. isn't it? How yeah. how do you do that? How do you rotate? Well, well we wait we wait for catalysts, right? right. And okay. so, were we to raise money to develop Boda and Kaiser, were we to do a transaction around Boda and Kaiser, were we to do a transaction in the M and A on another level? That's the point at which um, you know we need funds familiar with us, so they may wish to join that right. story. Yeah. yeah. Well, Nick, good introduction to the story. I'm glad we met and, well, it's nice, always best face-to-face, I think. It is. With with these things and um, stay in touch, let us know how you get on as you move through those phases, okay? Thank you. Fantastic. Cheers, Matt.